Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, May 13th. My name, of course, is Javier Reyes, your host of this here Lockdown Padres Podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres. Or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, just in case you forgot. And if you feel so inclined, please hit me up on there, as well as the Gmail, which is LockdownPadres at gmail.com, with any questions, comments, or concerns you might have, and I will try my very, very best to answer them here on the show. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Remember to go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first order. And today's episode, unlike the last few episodes and what have you, uh, today I'm going solo. That's right, it's solo Javier Reyes today, folks, to kick off the the What If Week or Weeks celebration, I guess, here on the Lockdown Network, if I could say it as such. Um, So today, basically, I wanted to talk about my first kind of What If scenario for the Padres, and it's not a a happy one, I guess you could say, and really, that's what's going to be the vibe for the next couple weeks, maybe, uh, at least this week and next week. I think that this is going to be really fun, and I'm looking forward to it. I know you guys are, you know hopefully doing well during these times right now and I know I'm certainly hanging in there despite the fact that it is a little bit warm and I don't like heat this is this is a real thing I'm like Will Byers from Stranger Things man I am not a fan of of, of the heat I'm a fan of fans but I'm not a fan of the heat it's it's kind of crazy that like it's been kind of meh weather out here in New Jersey and for the past couple days and then you know, out comes today, and now it's just boiling in my room because my room is is located, you know, upper. It's 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 at the top floor, I guess, of this little house establishment that I currently reside in, and the heat, you know, travels up there, and it the the, the air doesn't flow up here. I don't I don't know how the, what the science is exactly, what the correct terminology is, but bottom line is it isn't very. Uh, cool in my room. I mean, I'm the type of person that during the winter, I still need to have the fan on so, to, in order to sleep. So maybe that this says a lot more about me than it does about the weather. But anyway, enough about that, guys. Before I get into to my first kind of what if that I want to talk about, I want to quickly just gloss over a, a developing story that's been going on surrounding the World Baseball Classic. And I'm going to just read kind of an excerpt from the Washington Post. Uh, This is from Cindy Byrne. The 2021 World Baseball Classic will be pushed to 2023 because of the novel coronavirus pandemic, according to multiple reports. The tournament was set to take place March 9th to the 23rd, 2021, in Taiwan, Tokyo, Phoenix, and Miami. No announcement has been made, but unidentified people familiar with the situation told ESPN Deportes, the Associated Press, and USA Today of the impending decision by a board of directors that consists of representatives from Major League Baseball, the Major League Baseball Players Association, the World Baseball Softball Confederation, Nippon Professional Baseball, and the Korea Baseball Organization. The tournament, which had been expected to expand from 16 to 20 countries, is part of the collective bargaining agreement between MLB and MLBPA that expires in December 2021. The Miami Marlins were were to host the WBC semifinals and final, as well as two of the quarterfinals, with the other two to be played in Tokyo. The tournament has been held four times. Japan won in 2006 and 2009, the Dominican Republic won in 2013, and the United States won in 2017. Yeah, so that's just the update. It hasn't, I don't think, I guess you could say it's not, hasn't been f- officially been canceled. And it's, it's just something I wanted to touch on as a developing story. And any news is news these days, as you guys know. I feel like I got to talk about it for content's sake. Uh, it's, it's sad. And I, it's, the whole thing is sad. And there's nothing really I have more to add to it other than the fact that I really enjoy the World Baseball Classic. And it could be the fact that, you know, the Puerto Rican power in me, 
as I am. Uh, I'm really excited always because they have a good team typically. I remember the first time I watched this with my dad. I think we watched it in 2009 uh, when Alex Rios was playing and Ivan Rodriguez, Pudge was playing. Like we, there was like they were a good team. They're one of like the four or five best kind of typically when it comes to the World Baseball Classic. They're quite good, and that's just it's kind of fun seeing you know your 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 sort of homeland. You know, don't get me wrong. Obviously, I'm rooting for the United States, but I do root for Puerto Rico very much. And I kind of was rooting over them uh, in 2017. I'm not gonna lie, guys. Maybe I was. So what if I was? You know? So what if I was? If you got a problem with that, freaking DM me on Twitter for my home address, and we could talk about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> But uh, with that being said, this is unfortunate, guys. But, of course, this is kind of the epidemic we're going on into. I know Bryce Harper was actually on a, a podcast the other day stressing how we need uh, players to be a part of the Olympics and whatnot. And uh, it was on a Barstool Sports podcast, and he said it's important to grow the game and whatnot. And this is definitely one of those areas, I think, that definitely would grow the game. And I enjoy the World Baseball Classic even when, you know, I'm in a phase where I don't even want to watch any baseball. I feel like I've always been kind of up for the World Baseball Classic. It always had this this flair. I know it doesn't attract as much national attention for uh, other people who maybe aren't as big into baseball, but there's something about it that there's just energy in every single team. There's an energy to it, especially with Puerto Rico that 2017 year when they were in the final. There was just something about it, and I really appreciated it. But with all that being said, guys, let's get into the, the crux of this podcast, right? We're talking about... A what if? A what if scenario? What ifs are a very fun kind of bit. I feel like a lot of people like doing. What if this? What if that? What if uh, you know Will Smith starred in the Matrix? What if Babe Ruth never got traded from the Red Sox? What if? What if? What if? It's just across all types of subcultures and whatnot. Everyone loves the what if scenario. It's it's kind of it's it kind of governs modern day life. I know this sounds like some type of prepared. <laughs> speech or essay that you write for your college course and like writing 202 or whatever but it's true and today that's why I'm really excited because today we're talking about the first of my kind of what ifs and that's about Sir Andrew Kashner. Padres fans especially the people who were more locked in on the team, <laughs> no pun intended, uh, on the team from from a while ago, basically the, the early 2000s, or I should say the early 2010s. Um, Andrew Kashner is a name that everyone's probably familiar with, and I wanted to talk about him because also part of this podcast is the Anthony Rizzo bit, because Andrew Kashner and Anthony Rizzo, of course, are tied together, because that was Anthony Rizzo was drafted in the sixth round, uh, of the draft back in 2009, 2008 by the Boston Red Sox. And then the Padres actually acquired Rizzo in the Adrian Gonzalez trade. Then after that, they traded Anthony Rizzo for Andrew Kashner. So that's kind of how the two are linked together forever. And, you know, for the Padres fans, this is kind of an infamous, infamous moment. It's a great kind of fork in the road, I'd say. And really... The, the Andrew Cashner is one of those guys where, like, I, I've mentioned before that I think around when he this trade happens, right? Around when Ange, An- Anthony Rizzo even debuts, I'd say, in the majors, I'd say, um, I wasn't really paying attention to the team all that much. I was kind of just, I think I was still in middle school at this time. He debuts in, in 2011 for the Padres. I was still in middle school. Yeah, I think that was my last year in middle school, actually. And then I start my kind of high school career. And it was, hmm... How do I put this? It wasn't great for Rizzo. You know, he batted 141 with a 281 on base and 128 uh, plate appearances, or 153 plate appearances, my mistake. And he wasn't great, only one home run. He was kind of atrocious. I mean, 
you know, you look at all the advanced stats out there, his debut in the majors was kind of the antithesis of what you've ex- come to expect from these great players. I mean, even like some of the current ones, every one of these guys seems to, maybe not immediately, but a lot of top prospects I've noticed lately, they don't they don't perform this horribly. You know what I mean? This is like a, oh my God, this guy's a bust type of thing, right? And then he gets traded. And of course, I think we don't really need to talk about what happens next too much. I want to get more into the history of Andrew Kashner, but he ends up being one of the more like kind of consistent offensive first basemen in all of baseball. And of course, being one of the key pieces that end up winning the Chicago Cubs their first World Series in like 100 years. I think that my biggest takeaway from this Andrew Kashner-Anthony Rizzo trade is that, you know, just following loosely around the league, it doesn't feel like when it happened, it had this kind of, oh no, in terms of getting rid of Rizzo. Because, you know, I I just think that a lot of times when it comes to, or I'm sorry, not in terms of getting rid of Rizzo, but acquiring Kashner. And that's what's interesting is looking back, he was a guy who, from just from what I was reading, um, I was reading a piece from Beyond the Box Score on SB Nation that kind of was detailing how Kashner was was not even for sure going to be a full-fledged starter. You know, we didn't know for sure if he was going to be a starter. He was struggling from the bullpen, struggling in relief and whatnot. And that's kind of weird. You'd think that a team that wasn't competing at the time, like the Padres were, that they wouldn't give up on their, their farm system. Just after one year, and while it was such a, a, a really paltry, just awful year, it does feel like one of those things that you gave up too quickly. And that's really, if I could just sum up everything for today's episode, I would say, look, the Padres gave up too quickly, and this is what ended up happening. But I actually think what's more interesting is kind of the Andrew Kasher side to things. Because there's always, I feel like there's always guys who get traded when they're prospects and, and they're in the farm system that maybe at the moment, especially in baseball, especially in baseball, that you don't realize how good they're going to be. I've talked about with... The Padres have a lot of their guys, you know, have kind of fallen off that that initial um, top 100 prospect list. You know, I talked about on that like decade worth of draft kind of overview for the Padres. I talked about how Ryan Weathers was was slipping a bit in the top 100 prospect rankings. Like he was like number 70 at one point, and then he's just off it because of some injuries and stuff. But what I, what I'm really trying to say is, it things change a lot with the prospects, and I feel like in baseball, it's you know, you look back now and you're like, oh my God, this is kind of rough. But just some of the research I was doing, Anthony Rizzo was one of those guys that kind of, they. I don't think people expected this because he was a little bit weird of a hitter. He was always changing his mechanics. And there was a lot of work that he put in, in order to make himself the player that he is today and get more of a better plate discipline, have a better, uh, more consistent fashion. Just consistency is kind of the word I'd use to describe Anthony Rizzo. And you look at Andrew Kashner and he's this guy that, Everyone seems that everyone that I've read, and I know that I'm not as, as hooked in uh, for as long a period of time, but everyone that I've read, everyone that I've talked to, including one of my friends who was on the show, uh, my friend Drew, who was kind of the pers- person who turned me on to the existence of the San Diego Padres, um, was saying, like, he swore, like, Andrew Kashner is going to be great. Andrew Kashner is going to be the guy. You know, this is going to be the guy that is an ace pitcher and do not sleep on him. He's going to be fantastic. And that's really kind of the sentiment that a lot of people seem to have for this guy. And now he's on the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> like he's, I think Kashner just had this, this, he's a great what if 
I think he's the definition kind of of the last decade of what if in terms of a player's development. You know what I mean? I mean, there's 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 certainly others that we're going to talk about, like the Trey Turner trade and all of 2015 and Chase Headley or some other things I want to talk about. But I'd say that the the Andrew Kasher thing, it's like it's literally everybody. I can't stress that enough. Everybody has kind of told me. You know, everyone that I've seen and everyone that I've read, and we're going to get to the pieces that I read on this in just a minute, Andrew Cashner was supposed to be this stud. And really, aside from maybe two years where he was a a top 30-ish pitcher, you could say, who had some potential back in like 2013, 2014, uh, he really never amounted to being that star that the Padres desperately needed, especially considering what they ended up giving up for him. But before we get into a little bit more of my thoughts on that, let's take a quick second to talk about Built Bar, the tastiest damn protein bar treat around. Let me tell you guys, oh man, I'm, I don't know why I'm going all country old road moment on you guys, but Built Bars are great. I actually tried their banana nut bread flavor the other day, and here's, here's all I have to say, guys. As a lazy schmuck that I am... I actually did work that day. Now, I'm not saying that the the, the built Bar is going to necessarily make you do work. That's not what I'm going to say. But it was a nice start to my day when I did have it. And I literally pitched like four freelance pitches to like six different outlets. or That doesn't make sense. To like four different outlets. And I think you guys don't understand how hard it is for me to just sit down and write an email sometimes. Like my attention span is not great. So shout out to built Bar for just being this this really tasty treat. It's a protein bar that, that tastes like a candy bar they've got 16 amazing flavors both nut and nut free flavors and they're covered in 100% chocolate and most importantly they're soft and easy to chew and even more importantly not most importantly I messed up there built bar is great for the health conscious kind of guy you lose or maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat and bars are low calorie low sugar high protein and high fiber so guys, if you wanna, if you wanna potentially, if you're a freelance writer like me and you want that optimism, you want that good, healthy treat kind of to boost your day or what have you, uh, go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get ten dollars off your first order. Remember that is promo code locked on for ten dollars off at builtbar.com. And I also wanted to do a quick little shout out for an audiobook. That's right, an audiobook, guys. This podcast is sponsored by the audiobook edition of 24 Life Stories and Lessons from the Say Hey Kid. In this reflective and inspirational memoir, the legendary Willie Mays shares the inspirations and influences responsible for guiding him on and off the field. Widely regarded as the greatest all-around player in baseball history, the beloved Willie Mays offers people of all ages his lifetime of experience, meeting challenges with positivity, integrity, and triumph. This special audiobook production includes a foreword read by Bob Costas and a bonus conversation with Willie Mays and his co-author, John Shea. Whether you miss seeing your favorite players on the field this season or looking for the perfect Father's Day gift, 24 is the inspiring story of one of sports fans' favorite living legends. Not the show with Jack Bauer, although shout out to that guy too. That is with Willie Mays, the story of Willie Mays. Buy the audiobook edition of 24 now wherever audiobooks are sold. And now... With all that out of the way, guys, let's, that's right, we're not even going to do, we're not doing a transition of any sorts, we're just getting right back into it. I'm really trying to keep up the energy today, because I'm, I'm tired, <laughs> even though I just talked about Built Bar, I'm, I'm tired right now, and I, I I'm about to devour this Chex Mix <laughs> that is sitting downstairs for me, uh, right after dinner, I just, I love Chex Mix, I have like that candy kind of M&M flavor, that's, that is, is the one that I have right now, shout out to my mom for getting that for me, when she made her, her grocery store run, like, two weeks ago whenever the heck it was anyways back into my some of my thoughts about Andrew Kashner I wanted to talk about really quickly 
um, some pieces that I was reading. And some of the pieces that I thought were most interesting were from Mr. Kevin Acey, who was on the podcast not too long ago, actually, talking about some of the his favorite Padres ever and some of his favorite Padres kind of moments ever. So guys, go go check out that podcast if you, uh, if you get the chance. And really, what I, I thought that one of the pieces that was interesting was his piece kind of talking about you know, potential. And it was this piece that was just kind of talking to Andrew Kashner about what was, what is it kind of like? And what was it, how this is the, this is the, the moment, this should be the moment. This was written in 2016. And just to read, read an excerpt from it, time for the baseball to find more black than white, sail by more knees than belts, and for the filthy sinker to obey gravity more often, and for him to more liberally pepper his repertoire with what is a decent changeup. He agrees. Presented with the assessment that his results have not matched what his repertoire enables, he said, no doubt. The amicability, though, had its limits. His pitches will evidently be powered by a chip on his shoulder. I've had eight years in all of pro ball, and I had one bad year, and y'all want to talk garbage, he said. That's why I'm here. I want to prove you all y'all wrong. All the horse, in parentheses, excrement, y'all say. He was smiling by the time he got finished, but it wasn't a joke. Good. It's about time he proved something. Really, I, I love that ending there by AC, and it's just, there are multiple pieces like this. There's another piece by AC where he kind of, he literally says, go to the Padres games, uh, not to see their horrible offense, but to see Andrew Kashner pitch, because he could be the future, he could be a, a great pitcher. That's kind of really where the team seems to have been at with him, and just to read some some stats, like... His best season was a pretty good one. I mean, this was back in in 2014. He had a 2.5 ERA and 123 innings pitched with 93 strikeouts, which isn't incredible. That's about a uh, a 6.8 K per nine. Not incredible, but still pretty solid. Um, it wasn't the career high in strikeouts he ended up ha- having. His actual career high in strikeouts was 165 the year after, but that was at the sacrifice of his ERA completely blowing up to 4.34. And I remember when this happened. I remember this was when my friend Drew, who is the the most obnoxious I told you so person you'll ever meet in your life. <laughs> like, he loves telling you how right he was. And in 2014, this is, I think, my junior year of college. I remember he was like, dude, Andrew Kashner, trust me, because he's a Padres guy. And he ends up having a great season. He's like, dude, I told you. Now, it wasn't an all-star season. It wasn't a Cy Young season by any stretch. But it's one of those seasons that when you have that, especially kind of a back-to-back, because in 2013, he actually finishes with a 3.09 ERA in 175 innings pitched with a K per nine of 6.6, finishing with 128 strikeouts. That's also pretty solid, too. You know what I mean? It's it's Those are the type of starts that when you're a prospect and you have a season like that, that usually speaks volumes to there are good things to come. This is the beginning of of kind of greatness. And really, Andrew Kashner kind of gets messed up in terms of just never living up to his potential. And while AC had that great line in the end where he says it's about time he proves something, he never really did. I mean, his last season with the Padres was back in 2016 when he had a 4.76 ERA. It's just... It's just not great, man. You know, a 5.98 with with Miami once he got traded, and it's really it's really one of those guys who, you know, there's there's plenty of pitchers out there who get derailed by injuries and might have been on a a, a track for success. I mean, I'm not trying to compare this guy to say I don't know Yo, uh, Johan Santana, who was like one of the all time like 
potential Hall of Famer pitchers and still makes a decent case just in terms of that stretch he had until he just completely fell off and basically never made uh, made it back to the field ever again. That was like, I think he ended his career basically at age like 32, 33, which is still pretty young. And it's kind of insane that a guy who won two Cy Youngs already, it just was completely derailed by injuries and can never make the field again, never make the mound again. I'm not saying Kashner was at all like one of those, but in terms of the sentiment of a guy who was starting to show signs and was starting to come into his own and for it to be derailed by injuries, uh, I guess Kashner, that's, that's one guy that he kind of reminds me of. And it stinks that this is the guy that the Padres ended up believing in, uh, in so much, and then they end up getting rid of a pitcher in the future, which is Corey Kluber, who ends up, of course, winning the Cy Young. So the Padres really not great luck in terms of superstar players um, in the past decade or so in terms of trading the wrong ones and trading for the wrong ones. And I think that Kashner is is one of those. And then with with uh, Anthony Rizzo, he goes on to be a kind of a, a great centerpiece for the for the Cubs. And I know he had that great moment that I talked about, like, what feels like a year ago. That's how long this this quarantine kind of feels these days. And that was when he had that great moment when he was during spring training. He's like, hey, somebody bang a trash can for me, you know? And look, I don't know all the details. I don't know the specifics of what made Andrew Kashner great. I don't know all the stats. I don't know all the, the technical terms. I don't know what he was great at other than what AC said with his decent changeup. And I heard, you know, he had a high 90s fastball and potential, maybe even had some potential as a long reliever per se, but... He's really one of those guys that is the epitome of uh, uh, one of the, from what I've seen, one of the great potential wasted, or I, I, that's that's a little bit harsh in terms of the the all Padres team. If you could pick a player at East position that never lived up to the hype, uh, Andrew Kasher seems to be would be everyone's number one choice for the pitching position. I would say, and it's 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 sad, and I don't like starting what ifs on sad notes, but still. I think that the Padres are kind of one of those teams where all of their what-ifs are kind of on sad notes. It stinks that they end up trading uh, Adrian Gonzalez, which is one of their MVP guys, you know, one of the had one of the great stretches in Padres kind of recent maybe 20-ish year period uh, for a Padres season. Um, I know that there are others, but for sure, like he's had one, he was one of the best position players they had. Um, that Andrew, Adrian Gonzalez trade is unfortunate, but they did get Anthony Rizzo out of it. You know what I mean? Like they, they actually get him out of that, but then they end up trading Rizzo kind of a little bit too quickly. I'd say, I think that you can't just give up on a guy, especially when you're rebuilding. It's not like the Padres were great around this time. It's not like they were for sure going to make it. They had a good farm system. And when you have a good farm system, you keep tanking and keep hoping. And they didn't do that. And what I'm hoping is that we never have a situation like that again because, hey, when it turns out well, look who you end up having. You get guys like Chris Paddock, the Lion Tattoo Man, and Fernando Tatis, and then you end up getting trades for Tommy Pham, and then you end up being able to sign Machado, and all these these great things, and Mackenzie Gore, and blah, blah, blah. So while this is a sad tale, everybody, on this podcast, I do have to remind everybody, there's still hope, always, and you just kind of... I guess this, the lesson of this episode, if, if I could make it poetic, is never, uh, even when you go, get knocked down, just uh, remember there's always the future. And you just keep at it, and you keep hoping. And that's really all I have to say about this. Kind of the, the great what if is what if they, they never made this trade? 
for Andrew Kashner. I don't know. Maybe they end up having Anthony Rizzo. Maybe he. Maybe they don't necessarily win a World Series because the Cubs made a ton of other moves that made them much better. I mean, they even they they have the Jake Arrieta explosion. They have all these players. They have the the Kyle Schwarber kind of was pretty good for them. And I'm already forgetting who the heck was on that championship uh, Cubs team. To be perfectly honest with you, they make the trade for Chapman. Like, there's plenty of other reasons why the Cubs. Uh, won the World Series, they have John Lester, all, all this stuff, all this stuff. But, you know, you could argue that if, if Anthony Rizzo, he stays with the Padres and maybe works on his mechanics more and they develop him, him better, he becomes kind of a lifetime Padre, one of the next lifetime kind of great Padres. Who knows? It's not easy to say because, after all, it's not like the Padres like to spend as much money as the Chicago Cubs. But with all that being said, guys, those are my thoughts on my first, I'd say, pivotal what-if of the decade. At least the decade when it comes to the Padres. To start off what-if week, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya follow the show or myself on Twitter. And of course, you know, we got more what ifs coming in the coming days. We also still have sports movie madness. Probably going to put that out on Friday, actually this week, and probably going to talk about goose gossage, going to talk about Trey Turner, um, as the best of my ability and maybe with some special guests, maybe, maybe I don't want to guarantee anything, but just maybe. And hopefully that'll cheer you guys up just a little bit. And the last thing I want to say, guys, is shout out Locked On MLB. Tell your smart devices to play that podcast. It's hosted by my man Sully, who's been doing kind of a, a a trivia show this week, actually. It was really great. He put that out on Monday, the first one of that. It was really fun to listen to. Uh, guys, I know I have, I've talked to some of those guys that were on it, and they're, they're awesome. Shout out Miller Thomas, who was on the podcast before, and Jeff Snyder, who was also on the podcast. And it was really super fun to listen to. And I may or may not be making an appearance on the Lockdown MLB show. I may or may not be making an appearance soon. I'm not going to confirm anything. I don't want to confirm anything for sure, guys. With all that being said, hopefully this podcast was entertaining in some ways. Until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful, my Friar Faithful homies. Take care.